Okay. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week of I Told My Stuffed Animals About Us. I'm Ashley. I'm Alicia. And we have a very special guest with us today. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Emily. Nice to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Do you want to talk about Emily first? Yeah, I met her first, right? We did meet freshman year um, under the umbrella. Like the one scene in... I was like, my bear. Just, like, bar. Yes. Um, yeah. So the first time Emily and I met was freshman year. It was around December, I believe. Um, I was waiting for a friend who lived up, 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 up the hill in faculty housing. So, and I didn't have a car all of college. So I was waiting for her to drive down and get me. And it was raining white hard, I will say. And Emily and another one of our friends, who I also didn't know at the time, came up the stairs and they have the umbrella. So we're standing pretty close, but they're like, a little ways away and I hear them whispering and Emily's like should I offer her like the umbrella like should I like ask her like tell her she can stand on the umbrella with us like she's getting wet like blah, blah, blah. and I, I can hear all this and <laughs> finally she's like hey like you can stand under the, under the umbrella with us so you can stay dry and I <laughs> I said word for word oh I'm okay I'm from Seattle <laughs> <laughs> she did she did which I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I'm used to being wet. Let yeah. me melt in the rain. And then, so, but I'm from uh, Arizona, so I'm a, I'm from a very dry climate, and to me, it seems like maybe you didn't want to be as wet as you were getting. But then, um, it turns out we were going to the same abroad program, so we found that information out before then. But I think like we started having meetings about about it pretty soon yeah. after then. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is that girl. And we saw each other on Instagram and then became friends from there. Ashley, I don't remember when we met. When did we meet? I want to say it was like some sort of like intramural volleyball event or something like that. Were you there with the oh. boys? Like Joe and Nick and them. So you did like, meet Garrett. first. Like, I want to say that like, we probably met like with that whole crew. That's probably true. But I also don't know yeah. how much you hung out with them before abroad versus after less before but we were still friends yeah so i don't know hmm. Hmm. okay so that was like first month of school ever well no it was probably like middle of the fall or something like that but but it was early days we've known each other for a, a while yeah, yeah. invisible yeah. string but- But the reason we have Emily here with us, other than the fact that we love her is because she is our resident Enneagram expert Well, this actually we- relates to how Emily and I met because or at least became friends yeah 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 yeah. we had just gotten off the plane from to go to switch like we were in switzerland abroad we had just just gotten off the plane we had gotten onto the first hour we were in this country we got on this bus and i don't know anyone like at all and I heard her talk about the, like, mention the Enneagram to one of our friends. In the first hour you're in Switzerland, you're already, like, talking about the Enneagram? And the, yes, this was, like, first five minutes of that we were on the bus. And I just turned around, and I'm like, I, like, need to make friends. Like, I just, it's okay if I'm, like, incredibly neurodivergent about this. Um, and I just turned to her and I say, I heard you talk about the Enneagram, and I love the Enneagram. Can I come sit next to you, <laughs> And so yes. I sat next to her on the bus, and we talked about the Enneagram, that whole hour-long bus ride from the Geneva airport to our house in Lausanne. 
And then we typed every single person that we went abroad with. And Alicia had a list on their phone of all of them. And we knew all of their Enneagram types by the end of abroad. Wow. Should we dig into what the Enneagram is? Why people should care about the Enneagram? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. The Enneagram is a way of looking at the world through nine lenses that has in a contemporary time been converted into a personality typing system, but it is more than and historically has been more than a personality test. Yes. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to talk about the, how it's related to shrooms. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is potentially related to shrooms. It but, is. You know, it is. And, he, and spirituality. He and was shrooms for a week. It sounds like my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, so when did you each become acquainted with the Enneagram? Also, why do we like Enneagram versus Enneagram? That's just the way she talks. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I speak. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Well, I was introduced to the Enneagram by a youth leader the summer before my senior year of high school, except he didn't really know what it was either. He just like presented me with I didn't even see the original diagram, I don't think. It was just like a list of the name and then like the holy virtue and and vice and whatever. And I was like, uh these words mean nothing to me. I'm gonna go by <laughs> vibes. So I mistyped myself, but that's fine. And like nobody in my life knew what the Enneagram was until I got to college. Um, because that's when it started to get trendy, but also it's like huge in like Christian schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I was like reintroduced to it. I think like over winter break of freshman year, one of our sweet mates was like, Hey, do you guys know about this? And I was like, Oh yeah, I do. And then we all just started taking tests and like got really into it. And I like got back into it um, and started like listening to a lot of consuming a lot of Enneagram content and then I hyper fixated and it never went away (laughs) (laughs) very similar to you I was also introduced to the Enneagram the I think my senior year of high school by my youth group leader um she did know things about it however she was very like knowledgeable about it um and had had for a long time known about it and I remember, like, I have a memory of being, like, a freshman in high school, probably, and her mentioning something about me being the Enneagram member that I am, which is a one, and she was like, oh, but you're too young to know what that means, and be like, I'll tell you in years, <laughs> um, which I think was wise of her, but she yeah. she um, knew a lot about it and introduced all of us to it very intentionally and very, like, planned <laughs> um, before yeah. we were seniors, or right around when we were seniors, and all of my friends in that circle, who were all of my close friends from high school, um became very into it and then when I went to college it had become such a shorthand for so many things in terms of like it was so Mm. helpful to like explain context really quickly when I was like oh you know my friends who was the six who like is like and it's like oh this explains so much of the story that I'm about to tell um that Mm -hmm. I just really wanted everyone else in my life in college to know about it and so kind of pretty instantly made all of my college friends take it and like become at least knowledgeable enough about it that we could have base level conversations yeah I think I did the online test and then somebody did your cards Emily like they use your Enneagram typing cards to give me 
the like long form mm-hmm. like test or whatever but I remember yeah. yeah it was kind of similar but mine I didn't see Enneagram stuff until college it was all at Pepperdine people were super into it um and then it became bigger because we went to this like um info session I don't even know what to call it sermon uh seminar on uh, yeah but there was like a powerpoint involved you know so um about the Enneagram and we got a book and then I started reading more about it and it became sort of more of a deal in my life I think what was most interesting to me about the Enneagram is very few things will tell you like why like the foundational issues about you you know you talk about like um Myers-Briggs or like I did like the strengths quest quiz as a high schooler or um astrology like it always kind of answers the surface level behavioral questions but never the deeper sense of self or like value system and I think that was something that was really um attractive to me from the get-go and maybe that's because I'm an Enneagram 3 oh we have to talk about our own numbers but um just being able to know like why and how and where I can go was always something that was really interesting to me. Should we talk about all oh the gosh, types? No, we are not an Enneagram no. podcast. I was do- no, 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 like or- briefly. Okay. I will do the overview of the types then because I think I can be the most concise because I know the least. Probably true. This is a great Okay, thought. okay, okay. So, but I, wait. Let me pull up. You guys can pull One is the reformer. Yes, the reformer. So basically, a one is very, like, values-driven, like, black and white, sort of right and wrong, wants to do the best that they can to do the most correct thing a lot of the time. Again, very shorthand. Two is the... The helper. The helper. And they are working out of a desire for love, to love others, and to receive love by being love. So they're very much, like, acts of service, sort of... Um, striving to help those around them in any way that they can. Three is the achiever. I know that one because that one's me. And threes are driven success and wanting to achieve and sort of have this different um, metric of winning in their lives. It can be physically or like in the abstract, like they just want to win in different things. Four, at least you can say it. (laughs) Why didn't you let Emily say one then? Because I didn't think about it until then. (laughs) Okay. Is the individualist, which is what I am. Fours are driven by a desire for authenticity and knowing their truest self. Um, we don't like the mundane um, or like yeah. ordinary. Um, very they are striving to be different. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of the need times. like need to find oh, what God. makes you unique. Um, yeah, sense of meaning. Okay. Yeah. Five is the investigator Mm -hmm. investigator and they are searching for answers they like reason they kind of like ones how they want to know right and wrong but theirs is more analytical and more thought driven Mm -hmm. they're in the head center which is something we can maybe go into later um six is the loyalist they are driven by a sense of security they want to be safe and sometimes that is in relationships sometimes that's physically sometimes that's financially but they are um, looking to be secure in themselves in some way. Um, seven, is that, they're like the fun ones. What do they call yeah, them? The entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they yeah. are striving for um, just, yeah, entertainment to be um, constantly trying new things. A lot of the times it's like very extro- extroverted in behaviors and looking to fill the void by always trying, doing, seeking, experiencing. Um, Eight 
is the challenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are looking to, they're also very defensive, but it comes from a childhood wound of needing to protect themselves. And so they're often the people that are, um, can be seen as um, aggressive or um, sort of, they're always looking to make things better, but they do it in a more, um, challenging way in a more aggressive manner sometimes. But they also love an underdog. They, do. <laughs> they, they are always looking to support those who cannot support themselves as well. And then nine is the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And they are looking for harmony in their lives in different ways, whether that's by making interpersonal relationships peaceful or striving to make the world a better place. But they are looking to find harmony in all that they do. How did I do? You did great. Yep. Yay! <laughs> so all that to say is that the Enneagram, what differentiates the types is this core fear and this core desire. Mm-hmm. Um, it And it differs from other metrics because it's based on your values. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas things like Myers-Briggs or Big Five or whatever are all centered around your behavior so they can change throughout your life. Whereas with the Enneagram, and it's debated whether, like, how much nature and nurture play into this, but what is, like, objectively true is that you are one type your whole life, um, mm-hmm. and that all types are capable of any behavior, so you can't just, like, look at someone and be like, oh, they're being sad, that must be a four. Mm-hmm. Also, like, just to get out of the way, there's no good types and bad types, there's no, like, better or worse types, yeah. mm-hmm. there's no types that are, like, yeah. I don't know, kinder or less kind. All types have different health levels. And I think that that's another pretty unique aspect of the Enneagram is talking about like all types have the capacity for very, very high functioning and very, very um, like higher self behaviors and also for very, very like worse parts of High vibration. <laughs> um, maybe we should also say that the Enneagram is a shape. Enia meaning nine, gram meaning shape. Um, and that when you look at the Enneagram, you can like you can physically draw it out and see it. Um, and that that shape like holds a lot of significance for some of the more complex elements of how. And if anyone's googling it right now, it is not <laughs> demonic. Okay, I know it looks yeah. like that, but it's not. Yeah. Well, that's something that I really liked about the Enneagram is the integration and disintegration, which basically means like, where are you moving in regards to um, changing self and becoming more attuned with your core motivations and sort of your shortcomings. And I think that's also really beautiful where you can say like, I'm not a bad four or I'm not a bad two. Like you're just moving from places of healing and hurting and Mm -hmm. sort of the spectrum Um, and I think that's been something that offers a lot of comfort as well. Instead of just being like, oh, like they can't help it. They're so-and-so. It's no, like yeah. this is part of their spectrum of life. And this is sort of what that journey is going to look like in regards yeah. to their motivations and their hurts and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's why it draws so many people in is that there is this, like, there, there's a lot of grace with it. Like it's mm-hmm. not trying to box you in. Um, like this is pro- probably like the only metric that I've seen where there's like actual like resources and action items on how you can be a better person where it's not just like oh you're stubborn that's the end of that it's like no how do we work on being more flexible and open right um 
And I also like that, like, you inform your Enneagram type, like, your star sign or whatever. Like, other people can type you and come to the most correct answer. Mm -hmm. But with the Enneagram, like, it truly is heart out. Like, you can look at somebody and say, like, oh, your behaviors look like this. But at the end of the day, like, nobody can tell you what your Enneagram is. Like, you have to come to that conclusion yourself as well. And I think that's what makes this process so much more involved and so much deeper is, like, yeah, I can't tell you who you are. You have to inform me and then we can go on this journey together. It's less dismissive than some of these other quizzes or tests. or The Enneagram is fundamentally a tool for understanding and understanding yourself and understanding yeah. others. And so like having the Enneagram as just a starting place to know yourself and know others more allows mm-hmm. it to be something that doesn't become an excuse for behavior and also yep. something that like restricts or bosses you in. Yeah. Where have you guys seen like Enneagram application work well in your life? Because I think Mm -hmm. we see a lot of these stereotypes where it's just like, oh, like now I get you a little bit. But have you been able to have like a deeper conversation with somebody or sort of move past something? I don't know, like use it as a tool and something. I think for me, it's helped me to like humanize my parents because like it's really easy for kids to just like see their parents as their parents. And then especially like Mm -hmm. growing up in a culture where like there's so much like familial piety and like there's just such strict roles in my family like my like my parents are not my friends and I'm not their friend like that's just that Mm -hmm. but like understanding their Enneagram types has helped me understand who they are as people and also like in conflict with them I'm like okay this is ultimately where this behavior is rooted in and I think like also like I don't know, my dad specifically, like, has this thing where, like, he doesn't talk a lot about his family. His family is very cool. Like, objectively, like, there's a lot of really cool people in my extended family. But my dad literally told me and my sister, like, oh, I don't talk about it because I think nobody cares, uh, which Mm -hmm. is not true. Uh, My dad is a nine, by the way. And, but, like, uh, one time we were on a hike. It doesn't matter where we were, but I feel like it was Arizona. Yeah, Um, native land. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we were talking and I like really got to pick his brain and I like learned so much about like in in finding his and in, in helping him type himself, like I learned so much about his childhood. Mm-hmm. And now I really like feel like I understand yeah, just the way he relates to me and yeah, I think it just adds another layer to how I understand my parents. Mm-hmm. I think like my go-to answer for this is so funny and so tied to my Enneagram number in so many ways because I, as a one, often feel like I know the right or best thing to do in a given situation. And sometimes actions from other people that are like not in alignment with that really confuse me and have historically not really made sense to me. Um, And I think that understanding different people's Enneagram types and that we are not not wrong for making different choices, Mm -hmm. we're just coming from different places with different desires, um, has given me the opportunity to have a lot more empathy for people who are just, are not me. (laughs) Um, And have the ability to, instead of have anger towards choices that I disagree with, hold a level of compassion for them and understanding that like this makes sense for you based on your context just like this makes sense for me based on my context and neither of those things are wrong yeah 
No, that's great. I think knowing people's wounds has been something that's really benefited me. Um, Mm. I'm a very blunt and direct person, especially when it comes to my close friends. And like knowing where people are especially sensitive is always just good for me to know. And this is one tool that I have that I don't have to ask or like misstep and find those sore spots the hard way. I can know like, all right, this is something that is always going to be a concern to this person. Like my roommate is a six. And so knowing that like she needs to know that she's financially, physically, like emotionally secure in like the ways that we interact with each other. And so any way that I can provide that without her having to ask it is always going to be like helpful and loving to her. Um, but I also just think it's so fun to watch people go on their Enneagram journeys. Like I had a roommate mm-hmm. who was going back and forth on her number like four or five different times. I'm sure you remember this, Emily, like she was calling you and we yeah. were going through the books and like really trying to figure out like who she was. And I think that's so fun to sort of wrestle with like, okay, well, this is what I see in you, but you can tell me where it comes from. And why do you think, you know, you respond in these different situations like this? And I, I just think that's really beautiful to get to sort of participate in that experience with people. It is. It's hilarious watching people read their like type description for the first time sometimes, yeah. especially when they really resonate with it instantly mm-hmm. it's it's a joy to watch people struggle and wrestle but it's a different type of joy to watch them instantly be like oh my god that's me and I had no idea <laughs> yeah. that yeah. it could be put in this way that other people also relate to all of these very yeah. niche specific things um right and feel so like what I always tell people is if you don't feel called out, it's not your Enneagram type. If you if yep. they're only saying things about you that yeah. feel good, it's not yep. your Enneagram type. No, at that that informational dinner we went to when he talked about the childhood wound of the four, I started crying. Because I was like, I like never had so yeah, ne- never had someone put it exactly like that. And I didn't realize I could be so like understood without someone having a like one-on-one conversation mm-hmm. with me. Um which, yeah, I don't know. How do you guys, like, connect with people of your type? Or, like, how do you feel when you meet someone? You're like, oh, I'm the same type. Like, what is that like for you guys? I don't know. For me, I find that certain types are the kind of people that I naturally surround myself with. Like, so as a three, I get along pretty well with twos, with ones, with sixes. Um, so, yeah. like, those kinds of people, when I find out that my friends are those numbers, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um yeah. And very much with threes, like my um, mentor in college, like my newspaper advisor, she's a three and we're like the same person. Like we are very much aligned mm-hmm. on everything. Like it worked really well. And so knowing that like we could share a lot of that without actually having to physically tell each other or emotionally sort of get yeah. into those places to be like, oh, you get it. We get it. Let's go. So I think that's been really yeah. nice and easy for me. But as an individualist, that's got to be hard, right? At least yeah. Actually, no. So there very common stereotype that like they're like fours get mad when they meet each other but honestly like I always know when someone's a four before they even tell me there's like I just have this like soul connection um and like everything just makes sense like honestly like it's like one of those feelings that I just want to like bottle and keep away is like finding another four um like my childhood best friend like we didn't like, I mean, like, majority of our friendship, we didn't know about the Enneagram, but there's always, like, something there where I'm, like, there's something that is, like, inherently, like, tying us together, and so when she found that she was also for, I'm, like, this, like, feel, like, it's so comforting, and there's just, like, a lot of, like, weird niche behavior, and I'm sure this is true for all types, but, like, especially for fours, there's a lot of, like, weird little niche things that are true of us, mm-hmm like running away in hopes that someone will come after <laughs> you but you want to tell them to go away because you just want to know that 
they care about you and will come after you, but you don't actually want to do this <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, but like, yeah, I think every single time that I've like met another, like, to- like someone that I already had like a relationship with and we find out that they're four, like, it's always like a very emotional, like visceral experience for me. Cause like, it's exactly, it's exactly what you're saying where it's like, we don't even have to say it. Like, we just know that yeah. we both experience this. Um, yeah. That makes sense. I think like, I, I have friends in every Enneagram type genuinely, Mm-hmm. When I have had close friendships with other people of my Enneagram number, specifically, I've had some friends that are also one-wing twos, which is my like mm-hmm. very niche subsection of Enneagram number. Um, for example, as you guys know, yeah. and I have the exact same Enneagram number and are also from the same place. So maybe there's an element of that too. But oftentimes I will say things to her that I'm like, this is my most unhinged thought about this. Like, I'm about to tell you something that I know doesn't make sense, but, like, this is my thought. And she's like, yes, of course. That's also my thought. <laughs> yeah. and, and, like, I just know that anytime I explain something, it will be understood mm-hmm. pretty instantly and that my perspective on it does not need to be over-communicated. And I think, like, ones have a really strong need to justify themselves a lot and so it's really nice to not have to overly justify anything and to just be like no I know you already know yeah yeah one time I was hanging out with someone I just met and he had mentioned how like when he was little he thought he was adopted and I was like (laughs) and he was yeah oh it's so funny when when you know that you need him pretty well sometimes you accidentally pick up other people's Enneagram types. And like, I don't believe in typing others. As we have Mm -hmm. previously said, one of the really special things about the Enneagram is that people type themselves and tell you. But sometimes just like talking to someone, they will mention certain things about their values that like lead you to strongly believe that they are a certain type. And it's really funny when you, when you know that information and sometimes you just like ask some follow-up questions or like, ask some questions like are you is this true for you does this resonate with you and it will just so instantly it makes it seem like you're like a mind reader or very good at reading people when in fact i've just read a few books about the enneagram <laughs> like actually i can see deep into your soul i'm reading your heart right now do you have a favorite book or resource then now that you mention it i think well chris hewart's really is an enneagram goat in so many ways um and I feel like his books are very – go into a deeper level while still being relatively accessible. Mm, I think yes. that The Sacred Enneagram and The Wisdom um, – Sacred Enneagram – what's his second book called? Um, oh, the Enneagram of Belonging. The Enneagram of Belonging are both very, very good books. I think a lot of times some of the more introductory books can – be things that you can also find on websites, um, which is not bad. It's not a bad thing necessarily, but um, some of your more 101 books tend to be information that you might already be able to know if you've been interested in like Googling and and looking at different things that are just available online. And that Chris Hewart's dives deeper in a way that is, you are able to follow, but um, is a little bit more like higher level. Yeah. What about you, Alicia? Um, yeah, also Chris here. So Chris here is just the one who we went to dinner with. Um, and I've stayed in touch with him ever since. And he's just wonderful, wonderful human. Um, so yeah, both of his books. Um, I website wise, I okay, there's like four sites on my on 
like that I always have like browsers that I always have open on my Safari on my phone and one of them is the Enneagram Institute um and that's purely for like their type descriptions I think they're very very comprehensive mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it goes into detail as well about like health types and so like a lot of times that's easier for like people to recognize like okay this makes sense as to where I am in this stage of life um mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. They also have a test, but it costs money. So I've never ventured into there. Um, And then, like, I know a lot of people, like, always want to take online tests because that's just, like, fast and easy. And tests are a great starting place, like, a good launching pad. But, like, it should never be the end. Like, you should always, like, read about it afterwards. But, like, the tests that I like, I feel like Truity is a good one. And it's got cute graphics. It, and then um, I like Eclectic Energies, but that one is longer. So usually people get mad when I send them that link. So I like that one yeah. too, though. That one's also my favorite. <laughs> That's how I can weed out men is if I send them the Eclectic yeah. Energies and they take the whole thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Sometimes. sometimes so funny. No, when <laughs> I'll literally like I'll tell them like, oh, there's like these are these two options. Like one is shorter and blah, blah. And th- sometimes they'll be like, I'll take both. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I really like the wisdom of the Enneagram, that mm-hmm. big old blue book yeah. that everybody uses. That's also mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And then I follow a lot of Enneagram influencers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I really like Nine Types Co. I yes. feel like she does a really nice job of having like comprehensive sort of introspective Enneagram content. I think she also has a podcast. So. I always read her handle as 90 Pesco, which she has acknowledged <laughs> before. Like a lot of people read it as that. I do have a love-hate relationship with like Enneagram influencers because some of them I'm like, you guys are bad at this but also I'm like I'm just like too hard on people but I don't know sometimes I'm like you're maybe it's that I've just like outgrown some of the stuff that it's like what I really like about nine types I literally I always say 90 pesco so I'm like (laughs) nine types co okay what I like about her stuff is like it's very comprehensive like she does like say like disclaimer like this is more in depth so like you can go check out like I have mm-hmm. more like basic stuff on my page, but like what I like my gripes with like Enneagram influencers is the ones who are like, which couch are you? And I'm like that, it do- like that's fun, but like it really doesn't matter. And then there's people who don't know a lot about the Enneagram that are seeing that content. They're like, oh my God, that's not the prettiest couch. Like that's not my favorite couch. Like this must be wrong or I must be wrong. And I'm like, they're like as a two wing six and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Of course. Like, first of all, typing other people. Mm-hmm. Two, um, so we've mentioned a little bit about wings, and wings are the type, the two types adjacent to your type. In the so circle. you're one, Depending yes, on. in the circle. Finishing. So, like, yeah, like num- numerically um, mm-hmm. next to. So, like, as a four, my wings are three and five. And when people say they're like blank wing, whatever, like that means that of, of those two types, they lean more heavily towards that one and there's debate about this but generally I think it's accepted that like your wings those two are like fluid like I think that as a kid I was four wing five I actually popped out of the womb and my godfather said oh she's an observer Uh, and he was right I'm a nosy ass bitch um but I think now in my life like like as I grew older and like as I went through like academia and whatever like I really lean much more heavily into my three wing yeah 
Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of misinformation and people will be like, I'm a five wing three. Cause I think your wing is just like the second one that you relate to most. Mm-hmm. Um, also part party battle number three compatibility. And I actually saw mm-hmm. that on my explore page recently. Mm-hmm. Someone's been doing a series on Enneagram compatibility, which doesn't exist because healthy people can healthy people are compatible with healthy people mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what type you are every relationship will have struggles and highlights and yes like there are like as we've mentioned like there are people feel more drawn towards um just because we like have natural similarities like a lot of people in my life are ones mm-hmm. and sixes and nines and threes um well the threes might just be the whole academia thing and where it's just <laughs> but um uh yeah like there's no compa- you like you can't pull up a list and be like if you're a seven these are the types you should date and these are the types you should run far far away from mm-hmm. but it's also so funny because i think that sometimes anagram types that are the most different can bring out so many like special qualities in each other for example fours and ones on paper have so many drastic, drastic differences in the way that they approach life. And like, sometimes my four friends will do things or say things or process information in a way that is so like radically confusing (laughs) to me or that like I just would never- Like hiding under the bed. Yeah, but like not even like that. Just like things that I would never instinctively do. One of my best friends used to tell me, she's a four, and she used to tell me that she would go sit by this river every day until it made her cry. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. You would sit by the river until it made you cry? What made you cry? And she'd be like, no, like the, like the beauty of the river and God's like glory in creating the river. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, no part of that had ever occurred to me or resonated with me however like in being friends with the force that I have in my life they have helped me so much to Mm -hmm. access and accept my own emotions and feel okay about having those feelings Mm -hmm. um and like that is such a gift that fours give to ones and give to all numbers but give to ones who sometimes like struggle to feel emotions that they deem inappropriate right yeah wow uh but yeah like I think like I I go to Emily a lot when I am like I need to know the right thing to do not just what makes me feel good right now like I like she's a big sounding board for me Mm -hmm. um because because like in the same way like I think because you've spent so much time with fours like you know how to tell it to me because like I think a lot of my one friends I do get fed up because they're like, I'll say something. They're like, okay, here's what you're going to do to fix it. I'm like, I wasn't looking for that. Um, whereas, <laughs> like, you know when I need to just, like, say something and then be done with it. And mm-hmm. also when I need to be told, like, okay, let, we got to stop doing that. Thank you. Um, As a three, I'm perfect, and I never run into any problems. <laughs> so I don't have any idea. No one ever helps you guys are grow. You are already grown. <laughs> no. No, I'm so achieved and, like, already there. Like, why would I need anybody to tell me what's going wrong in my life? That'd be so crazy. Haha. Do you guys think I could be an Enneagram influencer? I mean, you are great at graphics. I think you could be anything you put your heart to. Yeah, anything you want to be, baby, I'll help you get there. As an achiever. Okay, that's another thing, is they all either use the same Canva template or they all use the same font 
on um, Procreate. Mm-hmm. I will say I do love uh, I love there's one Instagram meme account that's an Enneagram meme account that I follow and like every once in a blue moon you'll get a meme account that's like just so yeah. chef's kiss so rock solid because they know <laughs> you know what someone who like actually really really knows the Enneagram because they're not making like mm-hmm. which couch yeah. you post they're making like really funny like random niche things that are so detailed that like it hits yeah um yeah every once in a while you'll find some good quality content out. i will say like it's kind of rotting my brain in the sense that like every time i look at a graphic i'll automatically look at like the middle left side because that's where the four always is on those like what couch are you posts and then i'll look at it and i'll be like this isn't even an enneagram related post but i'm just looking in that corner i also think it's rotted our brains in that every time we see anything that is nine we're like all right yeah. what's what's what type um even sometimes yeah. some things are not nine like when the new taylor swift album came out it was like okay yeah. which song is like what what categories do they all fall into um mm-hmm. but especially when i see anything that there's nine of them i'm like <laughs> let's type them obviously it's like it is fake they don't actually hold <laughs> yeah. types, right, but sometimes they work surprisingly well right. good to know folklore is a four though okay we won't get into <laughs> so. Do you think that Jesus had an Enneagram type? No. No, Jesus Jesus did not need to self-actualize. Jesus don't. He was God. Like, he didn't need to be introspective on his In false. his human he form. Literally I God. think that in his human form, he embodied the best of all Enneagram types and the worst of none, which is just okay. perfection. Yes. See, that's the th- yes. But some scholars will say that and be like, well, then... I think he's a nine because that's what the nine. Well, does. I, I actually have heard that like, nines and God some complex. people believe. Yeah, again, there is no answer, but like that the nine is the blueprint very- or like the pinnacle in some ways, not in being better, but being like more true to origin. Which is interesting because people will say that about Pisces, <laughs> um, and yes. Christmas is during Capricorn season, but, like, scientifically, they proved that he was actually born during Pisces season, so that's, like, really weird to think about. I don't know. None of it. I know that nothing matters, but, like. <laughs> I don't even like, have anything to add to this. Like, it's. I'll ask theological one day, though. but I'm also scared he'll be upset if I. No, he'll think it's Do you think funny. you're going to send him Maybe. this episode? <laughs> well, he does follow me, so he's probably going to see. Chris, if you're listening right now, we love you. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Enneagrams before we move into our huge? I think we should go through the types of all of our exes and see what the problem is. No, no I'm kidding. No, absolutely not. All right. Uh, stuffed animal. Mo- oh, wait. Emily, do you have a stuffed animal you'd like to introduce to the gang? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I would love to. Let me show you. This is my childhood stuffed animal. <gasps> I forgot about him. Her. Her name's Andrea. <laughs> Uh, I've had her since I was probably four or five years old. There's a little indent in her thumb right here where I would hold her with my thumb. Um, I still have her. I have her with me here in Boston. I took her to Switzerland and Alicia rescued her for me when we were packing up after being (laughs) COVID. So really thank you because it would have made me so, so sad to lose her. Um, And it was a, it was a manic time of 48 hours of packing as, as many college during 2020 now. Um, but ours involved international travel and the potential borders being closed. So it was high stress. But she made it and she's here. Um, Alicia, do you have a stuffed animal moment of the week? Okay, I was trying to figure this out and I I don't know. What have they been up to? 
Um, okay, well, in the meantime, I'd like to introduce you guys to my newest. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's so more of a pillow than a stuffed animal. I'm trying what to is that? It's a rabbit. If she's sent Where are the eyes? Okay, Otto doesn't have eyes either. Who? The Ottoman. Otto the Ottoman. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, so anyways, I thought that this rabbit would make a good companion for him. So for the listeners, it's um it's a brown pillow with bunny ears and a tail. Um and I'm obsessed. It was t- like 15 bucks at IKEA and it's now the love of my life. So, um drop names get suggestions in the comments. But it's really it. cute. Thank you. I love it. I think it's a sheep. Yeah. She's really cute. Thank you. Alicia, what's up with Eeyore? What's up with your people? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did I tell you? Alicia, did I did I tell you? I, I meant to text you. I don't remember if I did or not. You will definitely remember because you have a great memory. Mm. But when I was in New York, I went to the National Library and I saw the original Eeyore. And it was so exciting and I thought of you so much. Oh, yes, you showed me a picture. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. I'm glad I remembered to text How you. big is the original Eeyore? Like this big. Yeah, very small. Yeah. They're all quite tiny. They're all small. Yeah. Oh. And my brain They're all very like... sweet looking. Yeah. That's really um, cute. New goal. Yeah, but they, they've been wanting me to work from home more. They get mad when I leave. <laughs> I can just see the look in their eyes. They're like, why are you getting out of bed? Yeah. So funny. Pop culture. What's been going on in pop culture? Honestly, I was following the speaker of the house. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going like, to yeah. How many votes total did they 15, do? 15 votes. Wow. I saw, yeah, I saw counting after 13. Wow. I started seeing some really funny meme content about yeah. it. And so it felt like a pop culture moment of the week for me when I was like seeing TikToks of like POV, you're some like yeah. Senator Elat's daughter on spring break and, or like on winter break. Children that were left there. in the room. Yeah. Wow. I loved the C SPAN live stream. I've been mm-hmm. seeing a lot of bad lip sync videos yes. like, of politicians like talking and Matt Gage, to each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really funny to like watch the inner workings um, but it was so crazy i thought it was only gonna get up to eight Haley thought it was gonna get up to like 23 so i was surprised was that he didn't give up after five i would be so embarrassed can you imagine going home every night and being like babe i've got this this one's in the bag like the next one's all me what, how do we like what happens next like where do we go from here i just like you're at such an impasse like i just yeah. I know. like you know how little people like you like <laughs> When none of your besties respect you enough. It's like not getting invited to birthday parties or something yeah, like he's that. He's clearly not like, a three. Or maybe he... He's not Maybe that's why he keeps trying. Huh. I think it's really funny the way that on the um, Enneagram Institute typing descriptions, the list, like, has famous yeah. or, like, notable people that they believe match your type. And, like, sometimes they seem that they could be true, but they'll really put out-of-pocket people on there. They'll put yeah, the <laughs> most hated historical... Osama bin Laden. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I should well, know, it's, it's always guys, when I show it to them, they'll scroll to the bottom and be like, oh my god, this was... I'm like, ignore that part, please. Like, it's not true. <laughs> like, where did that come from? And like, why is that happening? Yeah, who was like, you know what would be great if we typed Osama bin Laden and <laughs> added him to the list As of, if like, he him. is a healthy person who can yeah. be... Ju- like, yeah. You should relate to... Uh, 
Hitler. I, I know that we just uh, jokingly typed at Andrew Tate last week, so, like, we don't really have any room to talk, but, like, that's... Oh, that's, my gosh. That's another pop Not the worst the person week. I know, though. Yes, oh, we mentioned yeah. that last week. Oh, sorry, I'm not caught up with the pod. Well, I guess there's more developments. <laughs> like, they seized his cars. Yeah, which, honestly, thank fucking God. <laughs> like, that man was so obnoxious. The more they take from him... Yeah, more I love it. Also, it was just such a perfect bit of ketchup. It was so, it was so yeah. rich, you know. It was really his own fault. Um, but no, I was thinking about this in the work bathroom actually, because he's obviously <laughs> in un- unhealth, and we were joking that he was a four. And based on lines of integration disintegration, I was wondering, like, do you think he's a one? Because he like thinks that he is righteous. He like thinks that he's doing the right thing and spreading like the gospel. I mean, there's always a chance of that. I think that ones have, as honors do, the potential for like, yeah, grave, grave atrocities, grave errors, or like very high, like achieving and and right. empowering messaging. Um, I think mm-hmm. that honestly, I have tried to consume as little of his personal content as I oh yeah yeah. So like, I can't really speak to his inner workings because I'm not willing to put no. in the work. I don't want to. I don't want to do that no. study. Yeah. Also, it does go back to that debate of, like, is this all a persona? Like, is yeah. he trying to play up this brand and sense of self for, you know, the, the, the clout or for the money or for whatever reason? So I think Andrew Tate will always remain a mystery he, in that sense. He girlbossed far too close to the sun. He girlbossed into the sun. We'll never really know Icarus. him. So I can never really know his type. Yeah. And thank God thank for God. that. Amen. Yeah. Um, emojis of the week. Wait. What was everybody using? What? Miley Cyrus has a new album coming out this week. Oh, yes. Very exciting. On Liam's birthday. Did you discuss last week the Miley Cyrus, Dolly Parton, like... Yes. Yes. And Fletcher. Yes, and And Fletcher, Fletcher. who was all over Miley. We love. Yeah. 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 Um, Icon. I love Dolly and Miley. Like, the God mother yeah. like goddaughter relationship just so beautiful yeah. very, sweet, like, very wholesome all about that also someone said i don't know if it was the first time but like she has a really hard time performing wrecking ball live because it's such an emo- emotional song for her mm-hmm. and i think that was one of the first time if not like the first time she ever performed it live and like you can tell like from like dolly like holding her hand and like the way she looks at her it's like she knows like like they're getting it yeah through it together and then the yeah. transition into my heart will always go on, or I will always love yeah. my heart. I will always. I don't know what I was. But you, no, that I'm is a, that is the same brand of song. Yeah, um, is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do associate Dolly Parton with Emily. Um, really? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yes, because it was it was specifically. I don't know if it was a TikTok that you sent or if it if you said it, but you're like I always <laughs> feel upset that. I have big boobs, but I'm a Democrat because Republican guys like boobs. But then I remember my predecessor, Dolly Parton. That's true. I do say that. And I do believe it. I, I stand by that um, because she she's out here giving us um, us left big-titted women <laughs> some ancestral claim, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. As she should. Anyways. Um, emojis. Bless you. Oh, bless, bless you. you. Uh, thank you. I have been using like the the grin. Mm-hmm. Um, but today I was commenting on something, 
And I was like, these emojis just don't feel right. I have to use one of those cat face emojis. So I did. <laughs> 2023 is the year of the cat face emoji. Um, I picked a fight with somebody, so most of my emojis are not relevant to what I was. I've been using a lot of, like, the sleeping drool emoji. Oh. Um, Very nice. I want to know more about this fight later. Um, yeah. I, my most recently, like, my most frequent use emoji right now is the little sparkle emoji. I like to put it around Cute. words for emphasis, um, and I think it is funny. And then my second most used emoji right now is the saluting half face man, yes. uh, which I also feel like pretty solid about. And then there's a heart, mm-hmm. which basic, but you know, you can't go wrong. You always have to have a heart in the top, otherwise things are off. The vibes are bad. Yeah, yeah, things are going wrong. If there's no, I didn't have the like blushy with the hearts around it in this past week, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> something's off. If I'm not blushing with hearts around me. Vibes are different. I like the heart hand one. It's like a little bit newer a lot. I've been going to that one frequently. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought that like this whole time that we've had this podcast, I thought we it was specifically face emojis. Um, we've talked about this before and I've been like, whatever emoji you're using. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my pop culture moment is actually, I watched Bones and All yesterday. In general, I'm trying to watch more movies this year because, like, I've always had this, like, movie list and it just, like, never happens. So, mm-hmm. on Saturday, I wa- – wait, yesterday was Saturday. On Friday, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, which oh. I texted Emily about. And I, I, like, have been wanting to watch it for a while, but I needed to, like, be in an okay headspace for that because it's just, like, I, I like, am the main character. I don't know, like, it's uh, demographically and everything. Um, and then yesterday, my best friend and I FaceTimed and watched Bones and All Together, which was, like, not nearly as gross as I thought it was going to be, and it was actually, like, shot very beautifully. Um, yeah, anyway, Stan Timothy Chalamet. I've been getting the urge that I get every six months that is deep, deep, deep within the depths of my soul that says, you have to rewatch Little Women soon, or you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'll be doing that soon and yeah. crying about it. I'm- yeah. I made it to season yeah. three of Dairy Girls. That's been my biggest, like, <gasps> yeah, binge watch. Can I tell you, can I Can I tell you that when I finished Dairy Girls, now, to be fair, the same day I had had a panic attack separately right. from this, so, like, it maybe wasn't all just Dairy Girls, but when we finished yeah. the last episode of Dairy Girls, both and I were crying so hard that to take a shower like she closed her laptop <laughs> and ran to the shower and i oh. sat in her bed like like i have not cried in a show like that and it's not even like don't get me wrong it is emotional it's not even that emotional it was just like the yeah. significance of dairy girls for me that like yeah. i have not had that kind of emotional reaction to anything in so long i sat in her bed while she was in the shower yeah like, heaving over the Dairy Girls series finale. Wow. Yeah, no, I am not excited to finish it because then it's just done, right? Like, there's nothing after season three, but I am excited because I love the show and it's so much fun and every episode is so well done that I'm like, I have to keep watching. I think they should make a show called Dairy Girls, but it's like like milk dairy. (laughs) Like farmers? I've also been like 
wow, like so many like world events are happening around me right now. Like maybe this is my dairy girl season, you know, like the house vote going to 15. Like that's kind of a big deal. And I'm just like, you know, playing webkins on my computer late at night. Like this is my dairy girls, like where everything is happening, but I am just being young and free and unattentive. Yes, young and free. I think like something that I like so much about dairy girls, not to make this a dairy girls podcast, but something so much about dairy girls is that Dairy Girls has humor and, like, definitely pokes fun around some of, like, what it's like to be, like, a very young girl, like, a young woman, without making fun of or belittling the, Mm -hmm. like, feelings and desires of teenage girls. Like, Mm -hmm. it allows them to be whole and full and human and, like, their concerns and needs to, like, be seen while also having the humor of, like, them still being funny because they are funny. Right. Yeah, and, like, their problems are enormous. Like, every time that there is something, like, interpersonal going on, like, boy drama or school problems, like, that is the plot. Like, this isn't, like, some, like, sub, like, oh, no, like, you need to stop worrying about it. It's, like, no, that is what's going to drive us and be our motivator, and that is important to us because that is important, point blank, period. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very much... Not to tie it back to Little Women, but, you know, where Amy's like, well, we should start writing about important important things because that'll make it important to people. It's that same sort of, like, nuance of daily life is important because yes. we make it so and the things that are significant to us hold significance, like, worldwide, culturally, always. And I think you can also watch the adults in that show who are wrestling with, like, much objectively like, bigger world issues. They're, like, wrestling with, like, very large-scale historic like national conflicts that are really affecting like the safety of their families you watch them look at their children Mm -hmm. in this way and instead of like looking at it as like looking down upon them you see them gain something from it and you see them gain like a sense of like we need this or a sense of like joy Mm -hmm. from the the feelings and emotions and like big life experiences of their children it's just a great I don't know. It's a great show. Everybody go watch Dairy Girls. This is actually a paid advertisement sponsored by Netflix. Sponsor. Um, my new girl up- update is that I'm into season six now. Mm-hmm. I started enjoying it after season four, but I still am like, sometimes I just can't look. And you don't have to watch I... the show. You can stop at any no. time. Well, I'm doing this as a favor to my friends, and also I hate, like, having unfinished business, <laughs> and I've started, I started the show two years ago, mm. yeah. and, um, I don't know, I, this is such a hot take, but I don't think that, no, I'm not gonna say it. You don't think Nick is cute? No, not only that, I don't like them together. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they both had other relationships that were better for them. Yeah, that's probably fair. I feel like it's just one of those relationships that had to happen, though. Yeah. Like, you just have to put them together. Yeah, I know. I understand that it would just would be awkward if they didn't, because, like, there's just so much, again, unfinished business. Right. But, like, I was, I was really sad when Jess and Sam broke up again. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really like that dude. Yeah. He was really cool. Yeah, but he's Next an time. obstacle in the writing for her to get to Nick. <laughs> exactly. Character development. Uh, part of the plot. But like, he was so kind and mm-hmm. cute and smart and yeah. yeah, whatever. You can be with him. Yeah. Fanfic time. Yeah. Yeah. Y N. Y N. He's too tall for me though. <laughs> grow a bit in this fanfic 
Would you rather a man shrink for you or you grow for him? Me grow. Me grow. Me grow. Me grow! Emily, it's me grow! That's the name of a a grocery store. It's a Swiss grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a long time. And Coop? (laughs) Same. I just was like, why is this phrase so familiar? And I just kept saying Um, I, especially since, like, entering kind of in a post-grad phase of life where I'm meeting a lot of new people for the first time in, in a minute, um, oftentimes I find myself re-explaining abroad stories in Ghana that I haven't told in a while because everyone I knew already knew all of my abroad stories. Um, right. And it's funny. It's funny. I very much feel like the very classic stereotype about the girl that those abroad stories Oh, yeah, same. It's ve- I feel so obnoxious. Yeah. Especially, like, I'll go on dates and I'll be like, yeah, I, like, lived in Argentina for, like, six months. Like, no big deal. Whatever. And they're like, oh. And then it turns into this whole thing and it's like, it's not a thing. It's just, like, a chapter. You just need to be- Yeah! Like, it's not You're like, well, can you recommend me places to go? I'm like, no. It's not, it's not like Like, maybe. Like, are you looking for, like, the specific coffee shop that I went to in Lausanne? Or are you looking for, like, something that I liked in general in Switzerland? Sure. But, like, I can't, I can't do more than that. Um, any parting words? Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for joining us. It was great to have you. Alicia, send us off. Um, oh, that's so much pressure. I, I, I should think about this more. I, okay. Can it be a question? Why is it? It's like, I guess it's rhetorical, but like, why in elementary school do they say like give a round of applause like and then they like do it in a circle was that a thing that happened with you guys like they yeah why why did we have to it's just why can't we just clap in 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 place i think it's a pun it's a pun yeah but i don't like it (laughs) okay next time you give all these applause it looks silly don't make it round because you're a child until that time (laughs) okay see you next time (laughs) 